You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome to our Island Games review show. So we're going to look back at the tournament um, from obviously a Halifax Wanderers perspective because that's who we support and that's all we kind of really care about, to be perfectly honest. So uh, we, I'm joined here by Carlos. Uh, welcome to the show again, Carlos. Well, well, thanks, Anthony, for having me back again as a regular. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's not really having you back again, is it? Like, I mean, like you're... you're, you're Parents of the furniture. So anyway, um, so, <laughs> so um, we've had a we had a week to digest what happened last Saturday um, uh, in the final. Um, I, it, it just seemed like it was a step too far for us. I think Forge really their experience from last year it all was kind of shone through. They knew what they had to do, and I think that we were out taught and out fought by. By Mr. Bobby uh, from from Forge, he, uh, he he really had that team set up really really well, and it was the perfect foil to how we we've played throughout the tournament. Um, what was your thoughts on the game, and could we have done anything to get ourselves back into it? First of all, um, there's no rocket science to find out the style of the Wanderers right now. We are considered a defensive team, and they goes on the counter attack, and to be honest, if you want to play that style or either you are possessing the ball or you're being a defensive team and go to the counterattack, you can do both. Not even the biggest team in Europe does it. Atletico Madrid doesn't it, has a similar style, defensive goals and counterattack. They don't have much possession, but they have the key players to do it. Um, for us, I'm not comparing the level of La Liga with the CPL, but I mean, we're a defensive team. And going to the final, I guess that's the identity that Stephen Hart wants to give us. That's fine. I respect because that's the way he works with his teams. That's the style he wants to. Like, I respect the coach's style. No criticism about it. But um, in a final, you got to have some tools just to go and counterattack. I feel like the second half, we were a different team than the first half. Um, I feel like Forge and... Uh, one of the other chats were commenting about it. They let us have the ball because Bobby Simeones knew that with possession, we don't know what to do. We haven't played a possession game in the whole tournament. And by having the ball and not having, uh, having the be- one of the best midfields in the whole league this season, but they can do everything. And, you know, he let us have the ball and just wait. And then just like kind of like neutralize our midfield. Like if you see the, the game, I watched it like three times, they advanced the lines a little bit. So they weren't too deep, but they were like pressuring enough to let us have the ball. 
and the high pressure of us wouldn't last forever. And he knew that. And every team that plays high pressure, you get tired. But we didn't get tired. It's just like we didn't know what to do. And it was tactically a better job from Bobby than Stephen Hart. Um, and again, I mean, it was like a like a chess play. And the second half, we we were how many corners they have, like ten. We we there were a moment that I was just kind of like almost having a heart attack because. We weren't exiting our own box. They have us there, corner, 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 corner. And that's when I said peace was the first goal of Forge. And I knew it was going to happen because they have us so much in our own box. We couldn't exit. And I don't know. It's just, I know they have experience playing finals, but this is a different Forge than last season. I mean, taking away the first championship, it was kind of like a first final for them again because they played different than they played last season. Way different. And, I mean, to be a team that has been pretty much resetted because we are a brand-new squad to accomplish being in the final, it's good to see heart. And I trust his eye. Like, I know when he sees a diamond in brood and he knows how to pull it off, he will do it. I trust Hart, and I give kudos to Steven Hart for that for having the key players, but there's some players that definitely didn't uh, set up the bar higher that he was supposed to be expecting that. But um, kudos to the team. I mean, we did it like from being from zero to heroes pretty much. And it's good. It's good. Like there's nothing to criticize about the team. We did what we're supposed to. Maybe... Um, next season we're going to be a little bit riskier getting players that are like just like a not a lot but just like maybe a couple that can suit that kind of style of game that he wants to develop for the club but in the meantime I want to be a little bit risky you know um, he he's, he talks in previous press conference that possession is not the key man possession is a little bit of a key you know you have possession and I feel like we have the tools now to attack. We have the tools to defend. We have a great midfield. We need to work for next season in our possession. We need to, to, to keep the ball more. I feel like we give that ball always to the rival too much. And that's when we concede goals. And we always concede one goal to start waking up. I didn't see that in the final. It was a different match. But I feel like this squad had better matches the whole tournament at the actual final. Maybe it was nervousness, was lack of experience. Nothing to criticize. We make it to the final. I hope it's not the last time that we make it to the final. I hope like we continue to be in the... Uh, I want to be a runner-up and put, potentially win it next season. But I'm scared that all the teams right now are going to get stronger. And I want to get stronger too. And that means you got to cash out and buy a couple of players that can deliver the expectations of the team for next season. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with everything you've said there. Like, I mean, like Steven's done a phenomenal job. And, you know, we've said before, like we're not here to criticize, like just for the sake of criticism. And he's done a fantastic job and he definitely deserves to be in the running for coach of the year. I just find, like, especially in this game, um, there was no plan B. So when 
when Forge literally just said to us, have the ball, we didn't know what to do with it. So because there was no plan B, we'd never, it's like we never practiced for that eventuality that somebody might say to us, you have the ball. And most of the possession that we had weren't, it wasn't in any dangerous areas. It was like just passing around the back line and into midfield and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that's why Akeem never really got into the game. I, I think there was like two passes that maybe got in behind. One of them, they've Edgar like fell them and stuff like that so Akeem was kind of they nullified that threat because normally we're attacking at pace and that's how Akeem is dangerous is like when he gets in behind people who aren't expecting it but because they kind of held such a kind of higher a little bit of a higher line they just nullified them like Edgar and Crutzen just because all we were doing was kind of hitting along as well which mm -hmm. is not Akeem's game like I mean you're not going to beat David Edgar and Crutzen in the air right so I mean it's a uh, it was kind of like a a lost cause that way. And I think that's why it was probably Akeem's like, um, slowest, well, not slowest, like it's probably his worst game of the tournament. And it's nothing to do with him because he just wasn't getting the ball. You know, like nothing was coming. You're going to feed your striker. Yeah. You're going to feed your number nine. And he was playing as a nine, you know, like you, 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 the purpose of the game, just, you always feed for your striker. Uh, you see in the biggest clubs, in the smallest clubs, so you always play for your striker. And that's the thing. I mean, you can look at like, uh, like, Becker and all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, Rampersat and Sissoko are just as good, if not better, than Forge's midfield in my eyes. But they just set up such a, such a way to, that they just nullified everything that we were doing previously in the game. So, I mean, you got to hand it to, to, to Bobby. Like, I mean, he set the team up properly and um, they were pressurizing us in the when they did have the ball. They were pressurizing us in the right positions and that's why all these corners started happening. And it was only a matter of time before one of those corners... Um, mm -hmm. Uh, got in and I mean we can talk about like Christian was at fault for the last goal but I mean even if it had been 1-0 I don't even know we were going to get back into that game we just no, we just weren't, we, we just weren't we, good enough and that's we, we didn't have as you say we didn't have a plan B and and I know like it was a blooper of Oxner but I don't want to criticize Oxner no. because all he has done in, in this tournament it's just for one error yeah come on he's, like, he's, kept... he's given us a lot of stuff Last season and this season. He kept us in so many games uh, in, mm -hmm. that he's allowed to have one. And it was just a really awkward shot to you. So um, I, I think congratulations to Forge. We'd have to kind of say that. I mean, like we're not, yeah. we're not those bitter people who don't know. We were definitely not the, the better team and the better team won. Um, but it's a great springboard for next year. And as you said, it's definitely something where there's still a few like little pieces that might need to be switched around a little bit um, and if we do that I definitely think we'll be in the final again next year so it's a, it's a great springboard um, to, to, to go from and I really I'm excited for next year I really am um, obviously as you said other teams are going to probably get stronger but then as well I mean just the way that the a lot of players' contracts is so many players are probably out of contract now too, right? They're probably sweating on because it's such a long off season of where they're going to be next year. So I think there's going to be definitely a good pool of talents to pick from if we decide mm -hmm. to go down that route. Um, I definitely think that our maybe in a couple of positions, like our backups could be a little bit stronger. Um, you know, like like Luke had one game and it was a tough game to come in for him. But I think if we had Santos there. It might be it would have been a little bit more pressure on. James and Peter to perform to that next level because you know that there's somebody biting to get into your position. Like they kind of knew that and they were running the for The competition shots, right? is coming. When, when, when Santos comes, 
it's gonna be next game, like the next level for Jefford and Peter Chalet. You know, yep. it's gonna be to the next level. Like if they are exceeding already, imagine when they have somebody behind your ear just trying to get your position. You know, and, and, and you, that, and that's you, why you need that. That's why you need. And I feel like that we need in, in different positions. Like we need that. See, and you can see, you can see what it does to players. Like Alex Dakaris has gone from being a decent, a decent left back to being an incredible left back because he's had competition from Mateo. Mateo's been pushing him all and likewise Alex is pushing Mateo. And once you have that pressure, it just raises your but it raises the bar. And it's it's so I think it's why Rampy's gone to the next level too, because he's had Sissoko and LBG come in and you just you just and, know that you have to and this, is something, this is something that really let me calm for next season because I know our left back I know when Mateo got, uh, I hope that that doesn't happen, knock on wood, but if he gets injured, Alex will over-deliver and the same way around. So I'm, I'm ha then the right back, Ruby, give him yeah. more, more time and him and Enza, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. In the, the two center backs, you got um, Peter Schall, you have uh, James Jefford, and you're going to have Uh, Santos so come on like I, defensive wise we're good I feel that perhaps we're gonna need a little bit more competition on nets you know um, okay. I, I would like to see for, for what's coming for next season we'd like to see competition on nets um, you know Christian getting push extra push you know um, in the midfield perhaps a little bit because this is a thing I would like to include one more talented playmaker, but we have Omar already there that can play there. So this is a thing. Uh, for next season, I don't want to have a bunch of polyfunctional players. I want to know by memory, this is going to be the starting 11. This is going to be the system that we're going to play by memory. Yeah. And if you, know, if you have that, then you can develop the quality of players that you bring into your system And you're gonna bring a quality of players that are gonna fight for that position because you know that you have already a manual to play, and it's gonna take minutes to play that system by memory. By having competition in your team, that you know that you're competing for the left or for the right back or for or, or, or for the um, right or left winger, then you know, okay, this is gonna be the left winger for sure, but I'm gonna compete for that guy. But you already have established a system, a way of playing. But the fact that we had so many polyfunctional players, it's, it's good, but it's a course at the same time because you don't let your squad settle into a proper way and a style of playing. And I feel like that's the weakness of the wonders. I mean, it's great to have polyfunctional players, but at the same time, it could be a course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And I think just uh, for next year too, I think that we need another like striker. I think uh, yeah. Ibra, I think the worst thing that happened to him was getting that injury that really kind of set him back a little bit. Um, but I mean, it, it's the same thing is that when we're losing games like that, sometimes you might need a different type of striker, like a target man or something like that. And that's, mm -hmm. I think that's where... Cavalry were kind of clever in getting in Marcus Haber. I think that um, he just brought an extra dimension to 
um, the yes. way that they play. And I think that we could have benefited that from that, having something like that for a team to play off. You know, you've got that big guy in, with, like when we're behind in games, you've got that big guy who can do the knockdowns and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, it's it's a great time to be a Wanderers fan. Um, I'm super excited. It was a lot of fun at the uh, the Wanderers ground. I, I, Derek and the guys, congratulations for putting on two great events. Um, it was nice to be able to mingle with our, fr- with our friends um, at the grounds the again. The bubbles. Yeah, it, it, it was great. And, I mean, like, it th- was so well organized. And I, I can't congratulate you enough on uh, such a, a great job. So I just thought we'll just do a quick... 1 to 11, pie review, finish it out because we, we do it every time. Um, we'll just do a quick one. Um, so if you're ready, Carlos, um, Christian Oxner, what, what was your score for Christian? Overall, the whole Ireland games? Um, let's do for the, the game against uh, Forge. Just finish it out properly. Okay. I'll give Christian... Uh, I know it was a blooper, the second goal, but he got like two saves that they were like really one. There was a, 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 a one-on-one that he oh yeah, oh, was in the border of he the is. box. Remember that he, one? He's that, that probably was the, 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 yeah. the, the third goal. So nobody's talking about that. Oh, of course, like, you know, the blooper it, it's, it's going to be in the, in the main cover of your newspaper, but you got to see the whole thing, the, the, the whole picture. So I keep Christian seven point five pies. Nice. Um, yeah. I, got, I I I totally agree with you. Like I, I, he is in the league. He's probably the best keeper at one on ones. Um, he is underrated. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, underrated. I, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a seven. Um, and to be honest with you, I mean a lot of people will probably be surprised because of obviously. Well, I'm not gonna count one mistake after all the other good work he's done. So yeah, seven for me. Um, let's go over to Chris now. What did you give Chris now? Ah. Uh, on the game, I think he played good. Um, he did his shift, uh, seven, seven points. Same for me. Um, solid again. I mean, he's there's a reason why he's in, in the talks for the best under-21 player in, in the league. So, I mean, yeah, he's been fantastic. Uh, Mateo? Um, Mateo did good. Um, but I feel that uh, he could uh, – not that he couldn't um, – more the problem was that uh, he needed support from from the system. This is the thing, though. Like I feel like Mateo would not benefit from that formation. I feel like when we play a four three three or a four two three one, he benefits the best because there's yep. more space and more gaps that he can just like go back and forth and support in front. So because we had, I don't know why we had that one, but it's okay. It's it's tactical decision. Um, I'll give Mateo seven pies. Me too. Uh, it's a great okay. tournament for him, um, and he's definitely shown um, what a great player he is. And I'm I'm happy he's a wanderer. He's a really good player. Um, so let's move into midfield. Uh, Rampersat, what did you give Rampy? Um, Rampy, I'll put Rampy. I'll give Rampy eight buys. He did a good. He did what he could. I think like he took. I think he played better than Sissoko in the final. To be honest, um, they're different plays, different styles. What I would like, I was expecting to see Rumpy, is what he did on Calvary, and he yeah. did good playing behind the number nine. That was a risky move, and he. I feel like I would like to see him more jumping into that role when it's needed. Not all the time, but. If there, if let's pretend that we bring like a midfielder that is quality because we need somebody like that, like it's kind of have the same style of Joao playing as a midfield more defensive. 
imagine like putting him as a behind the number nine. Yeah. Um, options, right? So I, I thought this was like one of his quieter games. Um, I think that... Um, you think like, so? I, I, I yeah. Think, I, I think, I think hmm. Becker and... Uh, and say back like they 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 played them really well. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give them six. I I I just thought that they they ought we were just really out taught. I thought and um, yeah, I'm gonna but, give them six. But that was but I gave him eight because he tried. But th- this is to be honest, it's not Rampy's fault. It's Bovis because he knew that uh, by covering Rampy between two players, we're out. And Rampy's the wheel of the team. You know, and I, and and that's why, like, I I think that you know I'm not being critical. Mm-hmm. I'm just going by the performance and the game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, I just thought we were kind of out fought a little bit. So yeah, six points for me. Uh, what did you give uh, Sissoko? I'll give Sissoko seven points. Okay, be good, but I feel like Rampy was too busy. I feel like if you knew that your partner was covering and you know that he's the wheel of it, Sissoko's more offensive, way different player than Rampy. I feel like perhaps he could have a little bit of being a little bit of a, I don't know, a support for him, just trying to keep the players away, just trying to play a little bit more together, not that separate, because when you play together, you you know, you instead of having two on him, two on Rampersack, you only have one, you know? So that way we could just open the spaces for the playmaker that was being Riggy. But in this case... I give seven to rule. Um, I'm going to give uh, Sissoko six points as well. I just, yeah, I, everything I said about Ram Prasad. Um, let's move over to our good friend, uh, Rigi. What did you give Rigi? Rigi, 7.5 pies. I think that he did tactically a good game, though. I think that Stephen Hart had a special task for him for this one. He kind of accomplished it, but he didn't have the rest of the tools to create more chances. 7.5 buys. I, I think he's really shown um, that there's a lot more to his game than just attacking. He's not afraid to get stuck in and uh, I've kind of nicknamed him the Terrier. Um, I just think that he brings so much to the team when he's playing. Um, mm. So I agree, Jay. I'm going to give him a 7.5 buys. I think he had a, a pretty yeah, solid but this is this is the thing that like sometimes I feel like people expect for him to dribble everybody and score screamers it's not like that. that. Like yeah. it's more that way, and the, the way that he played on the final. If you really pay attention to what he did in the game, you 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 you'll see that he's he got a tactical. I, I think uh, this message is going out to to Derek if he's listening. He, I don't. It's only just me and you that listen to the podcast anyway. But uh, if it is going out, Derek does hear it. Lock lock him up. Get Rigi lock, locked into a contract. We uh, he definitely. He's a piece of the pie that we need for uh, next year. Um, he's he's a great player, and he I think he's shown that his injuries are hopefully behind him. I think he's definitely shown that he's not afraid to go in for tackles and all that kind of stuff. He's a credible player, and uh, I really hope to see him in a Wanderers jersey again next year. Um, yeah. So that's just my little side piece. Uh, so um, Joe Morelli, what did you give Joe? I was expecting a little bit more from Joao. <laughs> this is the thing, though, like. I don't, I don't think it was Joao's fault. I feel like Stephen Hart told him, go and pressure everybody. And do you remember last season we had Guti? Guti was good at high pressure in everybody. Go yeah. here, go there. He looked, you know, like a rabbit when you, when you take him out and he doesn't know where to <laughs> run. That's the same. Like Joao was doing the same, like pushing up, pushing up, pushing up. But 
how much gas are you going to have in your tank, you know? And after he's gas out, then he started like playing the way he's with the kind of player when you have in your squad players like Riggy and player and players like um, Joao Morelli, you need to give them freedom. Tell them like have an have a tactical system, do whatever you want. But those players, you tell them, guys, do whatever you want, just get the job done, and they will do it. I, I like I like that. That's. Um... That's exactly how I see it too. I think that it's like when we don't have the ball, you sit, you fit into a system. But when we do have the ball, it's like when you want those guys to kind of just break out and do what they need to do. So um, I, I agree with you. Like I, I think um, it, he was he looked a little bit gassed there, especially because he, he played like the full game. I think he played a full game against Pacific. Um, anyway, yeah. So uh, I gave him six points. I think that was a pretty fair score. And then um, we move over to our. Good friend, uh, Mr. Marshall, what did you think of his performance? He was playing on the right, right? <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It just, he, 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 he didn't swap? Did he? Uh, I, think that, I, think that, when, I think they were like kind of switching, switching wings and stuff like that, but it's just, uh, uh, once again, uh, I just think that Forge got their tactics. It was quite a game for him. I just think, yeah, I just think that Forge got their tactics so, so right. Six spies uh, for him. Yeah, I think so too. Like I, you know, it, this is the problem. Like when you're asked, when you're asked to play in a position and in a system that's very rigid, like you can only do what's it, what's been asked of you. Like you know what I mean? It's it's kind of t- it's very hard to to rate people and be harsh on them when they're being asked to do a specific job. So mm-hmm. yeah, six points for me too. I think you know overall it's been an okay tournament for him. You can tell that he's like definitely behind the other guys in the level of sharpness and fitness and stuff like that. But mm. from what we've seen, he's a really good player. And I think that once he gets a proper preseason in with the lads and all that kind of stuff, um, mm. we're going to see a totally different Alex Marshall next year. Um, uh, this, is, yep. this is what I'm, I'm scared on the side note, uh, that we have all these quality players, but I just want them to play in their natural position because look what happened with Mokuruma. Yeah. He was playing as a winger. Now he's playing as a number nine, and he's killing it in Atletico Ottawa. It's yeah. It's, I don't. I don't want to happen the same thing with our players because now we have a better squad. I hope they're not gone, the best ones. But if they're gone and they go to another CPL team and they get to play in an internal position, it's going to happen twice, and that's going to give you an idea what's happening in the tactical and technical decisions. Yeah. Um, so then finally, Akeem. Um, as I said, it was a, it was a, he's had a pretty tankless job uh, for the most part at the whole tournament. Uh, he, he just goes out. He's the first line defense. He runs his bollocks off. Um, and like, he's definitely upped his, his game when it comes to finishing and stuff like that. He's, like, he looks such a better player. Like, I mean, he's worked so hard in the off season to, to, bring his game to that next level. Um, this was just a bad game. I, I just think that once again, it was just, he was so well marshaled like by Edgar and Crutzen that he didn't have any support. There were, it seemed to be like there was always a gap between like our midfield and Akeem. There was like, there's no real interconnection. No yeah. Um, so I felt he was very isolated, but he did a manful job. Six points for me. Um, I, I think that's a fair score. What about you? I'll give Akeem six pies and a half. I totally agree with you, but this is the thing, though. How many chances do we create? 
Can you think of any? <laughs> so this is the thing. If we're not creating any chances, it's what's your striking doing yeah. up there? He has to come back and defend, and he was doing. I feel like he wasn't being asked to say, Akin, yeah, as a you go, we're a team that we defend. We're a very solid, a unified team, you know, that our strikers come and defend. But we weren't creating any chances. Akeem have to come back to defend to generate chances with the midfield to transition the ball up there. He wasn't supposed to do that. But Forge had us in our own box for a while on the second half. They were, they were, they were playing pushing and still, us. And we, still and, had, and we still had more of the ball. We had 55% possession in the second half and in yeah. the first. And if you look back at the game, it, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like the Forge had way more of the ball. And I think it's just because when they did have the ball... exit. <clears throat> When they, when they did have the ball, they were pressurizing the right spots. When we had the ball, they were just allowing us to have it through the back line. And we just didn't have that killer pass. We didn't have that. Um, we just weren't sh- sh- um, pushing the ball out properly to the wings. Like they were, We just didn't pressurize them enough when we did have the ball. It was just, it was so kind of laid back. And I think it, yeah, I I don't know. This is a weird question. Just before we, we move off this, and you might think I'm a fucking idiot for bringing it up, but, but I asked a question of Stephen like, um, about uh, in the press conference the other day about what did he do after the four or the Pacific game like to kind of just take people's minds off. And he's like, you never mentioned it. Do you think that that game had anything to do with how we performed against Forge? Because I, I, I definitely think that we, we lacked – the same intensity as what we had against Calvary and other teams. I don't think that we were in people's faces as much. Um, do you think that, yes. uh, because I mean, at the end of the day, like, I mean, we can say it was a, a dead rubber game and it doesn't really matter, blah, 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 blah. But like Rampy played in it, Joe Morelli played in it, James Jeffrey played in it. You know what I mean? So there's and, um, like a good chunk of the first team played in that game. Um, so did you think that affected confidence at all? Or am I just talking through my arse? The way I see it is this. Um, how do I say this? Um, I was expecting to lose against Pacific, and I definitely agree. And it was a big, big discussion in the group that we have. And I told them, put the main squad, the first half, let them play loose, and then start like doing the subs because with COVID, you got more sub options and stuff, and then ended up with a different team in the second half but put your first squad. I feel like we should have done that just to build up the confidence to the newcomers to come. And they say, okay, so these guys, I know how to do it, blah, blah. The fact that I thought that we were going to think that, uh, that we were, I mean, that we were going to lose, it's fine. Cause I think everybody, you got to rest your players, you know, but eating, but that result, I wasn't expecting that. And I feel like that result, because we considered so many goals, that was that the kind of like the how that turning point in the mindset for the players. Because call me crazy, call me wrong. Only the players know. Only the staff know. Only the managers know. Having that result, it doesn't matter because we have already we were in the final, but. Would you like to lose with that result? What was 5-0? 4-0? Yeah. It was 5-0. Would you like to eat five, honestly, before the final? 
I, I honestly, I, I honestly, I agree with you in the fact of um, I don't think they expected to lose five nil. Um, like for, like Pacific were totally free. If you if you looked at the game and you're an outsider, you would think that it was Pacific that were going to the final. You know what I mean, and not us. Um, and I I get it. And people are going to come back at us. I know exactly what it's going to be. Like, you know, it's going to be like it was a dead rubber game. We'd be complaining if somebody had got injured. I get all that, but you also have to remember that like success breeds success. And if you're like on a roll, which, which we were, you know, we, we, we put in some great performances and then you come to a roadblock and we get fucking annihilated and embarrassed. I don't this know. Is like, the thing. This is the thing. And uh, call me crazy. I want to ask you this. Do you think that we're a team that when we are the underdog and we have the pressure on us, don't we play better? Oh, definitely. Like, I mean, don't, that's... Don't, don't you think that the game, I feel like if we, if the, if, if the results weren't that clear and we have to win that Pacific game no matter what, I feel like if we have beat Pacific, like playing for a result, not going qualify already, I feel like we probably will have won this championship. Because I feel like this team, when it's with that pressure, it plays better. Yeah. I, I we think don't know too. how to play. We play so relaxed. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, they give it all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, that they, they give it all. We play badly, but they give it all. These guys die in the field on the final. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like it's a little bit of maybe psychological or I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 def- I definitely think we'll probably get some bite back and people will think that we're nuts for bringing that up. But I just, it just played in my mind a little bit that, you know, nobody expected us to get a hiding like that. And I think that maybe it, it, there's a, a bit of a mindset issue. Um, but anyway, like, as we said, fantastic tournament. Um, the, the lads did us all so proud. This, the buzz around the city was incredible. I wish they could have, ha- I guess, I wish they could have been here to see what they were creating. Um, I feel bad that they were kind of locked around a bubble. Hopefully that they got to see pictures and videos of the Wanderers ground and um, the watch parties that were around the city and, and all that kind of stuff. Because for me, it was it was a great, great, great fun. And like it definitely took my mind off all the, the tough times we're going through right now in, 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 in the world. And um, just to take, my, my favorite was definitely our little watch party um, down in Nelly's. It just, yeah, that took my, the took my mind off. The, the, it was a great way to spend the, a Sunday. The way, the way that we played that game, man, it was incredible. Everything was perfect. Yeah, everything was just perfect. That was perfect. Uh, that was definitely one of my highlights of the. Uh, and I said, like the Wanderers Ground was fantastic. Our time mm-hmm. at Nice was fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's um, everywhere that we went to was was great fun. There's a lot of people out and singing mm-hmm. and cheering, but. Just be personally, probably because I we organized it and I'm just being like full of myself, but I thought it was a great day. Um, so let's um, I thought what we would do is we would just have our own like little um awards for um the Wanderers, um, just like on our, our MVP and, and stuff like that. Just to I know the <clears throat> the privateers have launched their player of the year thing, which will be announced tomorrow at, at Nelly's at their party, but um, I thought we would do. We just basically copied them because we're lazy here on the Down the Pool podcast. So, um, who were your top three players for the Wanderers and who was your Wanderers player of the tournament, Carlos? Okay, let's put it by uh, gold pie, silver pie, bronze pie. 
Love it. Okay, my gold pie on the note goes to the one and only Akin Garcia. Nice. My silver pie goes to the playmaker, Andrew Rampersad. And my bronze pie goes to Abu Bakar Sissoko. That's um, that, yeah, that's 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 a really good pick. I, I I'm trying to say, mine are just um. So my goal pie, I flipped to them a little bit. I uh, I, I thought Rampy was our best player. I think that mm-hmm. the levels he's brought from last year to this year is night and day, and he fantastic player. And he's also a little bit underrated. Like he he just goes about his work, and he's kind of a quiet guy and whatever, and he kind of just gets kind of looked over sometimes. But yeah, fantastic, fantastic player. Uh, my silver pie, Akeem. Um, I think that it's his work off the ball, not just with the ball. He does so much for the team. Um, he's our first line of defense, and he, he, he's he runs, the boy of the man all the time. Man, he, runs, always. <laughs> he runs his heart out. Um, and then my bronze pie. This is a, this was a tough one because uh, Sissoko had a great tournament, and to come from like not playing in the league whatsoever to being one of the players of the tournament. Um, I feel like he should be higher up in this thing, but we had some really great performances. Um, but I also thought that um, Chris No, from the first game when he didn't play too, that that well, um, to him becoming probably one of the best right-backs in the league, shows an incredible, incredible talent. And it also shows the measure of the guy that he's... Uh, you know, he, he took what he was told Chris with Steven, no, yeah. stuck to it, and he just ran with it. So I'm actually going to give Chris now my bronze pie. Um, I think that he was... Uh, that's a solid choice. Chris now was on my four plays, actually. He's Yeah, he's yeah. Pretty, I think he surprised everybody. And, yeah, good luck to anybody trying to get, get that position off him. Um, so I, I, but Just one second. Yeah. Uh, do you remember at the beginning... When I was saying I want to put Cresno on the right back, and then oh, no. he's 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 center back. Well, I you know. will discredit me. No, but I, uh, I feel like you're talking shit. You never said this. He actually, uh, Carlos actually said that he should be playing center forward. So. I never say that. <laughs> <laughs> I never say that because I saw like last season at the kitchen, he, he played that. I remember Bona was injured or something. Yeah. And my God, that guy, he run. He ran like probably like the whole wonder grounds. He went to the Citadel. He went to the cross the bridge. He ran the Blue Nose Marathon. Came back in nine minutes. Jesus, Ensa, man, yeah. what a player! And, and what a guy, though. Like he brings out. Like it's not just what he does on the pitch. It's what he does off the field. In the though. locker room, yeah, just man, the banter, he, the happiness. Yeah, you know, everybody, every team needs a Chris now, and I'm so glad that we have yes. one. So yeah, he's a legend. Um, so what was your favorite Wanderers goal of the tournament? Um, because, um, to me, the best nine that I've saw was Ronaldo, no millennials, not Cristiano Ronaldo, and I'm a Cristiano Ronaldo fan. I'm talking about Ronaldo Nazario, the best nine ever. That guy, and, and this is why I related to, uh, Corey Bent goal. Remember that cannon that he pulled, that he oh. almost dribbled the whole, the, the, the goalkeeper, and he just, no, okay, I'm going to shoot, and he pulled a cannon, boom, like the definition that how the play started, it was just a poetry to football. That game, that that goal, it was it was it was just pure class. And, yeah. and, and can show you how Corey Ben, oh, how good of a player he is. It was it, and it was 
Ronaldo slash Thierry Henry esque. I thought it was it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. It was and it was like there's no panic. Um, it was just pure um, skill, pure like to have the the calmness to be able to do that takes a, a lot more skill than you know. And um, I'm yeah, it was it, that was a really good goal. My one was uh, Rigi's chip. I just think that yeah. Um, for how well he played in the tournaments, he definitely deserved that moment. And fuck, man, that when I I I think I watched it back about twenty times. It was fucking incredible. And um, and especially especially like you could just see the 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 two years of rehab and getting back to playing football just coming out of them. Uh, the celebration was fucking amazing. The yeah, it was incredible. I want Riggy to play more free and do the stuff that Joel does because he can do it. We saw him on training, and we know the quality he is. You know who reminds me? Um, I told you it was Lorenzo Insigne, but today I was watching Atlanta a little bit. And he has hints of Papu Gomez, man, the height. <laughs> they're both short, but they, like, they're oh, so yeah. good, man. Like, I, I, want, I, want, I hope we keep Riggy for next season because I want to see him having like a Papu Gomez I, role I, in the I, team. I, I, just going back to the Rigi thing, I think um, the club played it the right way because obviously he's coming back from like a very bad injury. So you don't really mm-hmm. want to um, put somebody on a multi-year contract because they've been injured. But now, obviously, he's proved a lot. So now he probably has a lot of options because he's had a great tournament. So it's kind of a catch-22 for the club. But I really think that if, they, if they're serious about um, going for the league next year, they need to keep players of that quality around and I think he's definitely worth them reaching out and getting signed back up again because he was phenomenal um, I, I, yeah, I can't say enough good things about the guy he's, he's awesome um, so the next the next little thing that I have then is uh, your what was your best celebration of a Wanderers goal uh, that was, that's a good one I don't know, like, Joao used to put the party up there. He used to um, dance kind of samba, macarena stuff. I was surprised. I wanted to do, like, the Ronaldinho <laughs> celebration when he does the samba and everything. Yeah. Yeah. All I wanted to do, like, I hope, like, Joao comes – or he, he's in a contract for next year to Joao. So, yeah. I want Joao to do a known pass pass. Oh, man. That's, in yeah. a match like Ronaldo. That will be like the cream of the crop. Kind of like <laughs> well, yeah. the cherry on the top. The no, because the, 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 the no look pass of Ronaldinho. So we, we are putting a challenge out to Joe Morelli that next year at some stage during the game, if he, if he does it, me and Carlos will uh, donate $50 to charity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right, yeah. man. There you go. The challenge. Challenge. Challenge set. Um, my my favorite celebration was Regis. Uh, Regis was very good. It was that was cheeky and uh, it matched the, uh, the the chip really well. Well, my favorite one is still um, Alex de Carolis kissing the face off. Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, was good. That was fucking amazing. And it just goes to show you like how the team like they're in such a uh, such a short space of time they've bonded so well and obviously when you're going through adversity it helps you bring people together and I really think that uh, that was just shows you how much this team is uh, together and and I'm happy I'm happy to see that we have a good squad on the pitch 
and off the pitch. Yes. The way that it's just that you, you can feel like that. That, that the local room compared to last season, it's way better. We're, uh, we're, we're unite. We're unite. Yeah. And it's more important. Oh, big know? time. Uh, my, my next one then is uh, who got the best birthday cake? Uh, uh, Louis. Yeah. <laughs> Louis Villango, yeah. Do you see that? It was a castle. Yeah. Did he have Barbies and stuff yeah, like that was, or something? It was, it was like a pink castle or something. Uh, I actually, was, I, you know, I love that one. My, my one was uh, Gems's uh, Dex. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. The DJ Dex. I like Louis. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, <laughs> most, uh, most improved player. Most improved player? Yep. I'll give it to Alex. Alex uh, Corollis. Yeah, me too. I totally he's, agree with that one. He's like, uh, I, and this isn't saying he was a terrible player last year because he was a really good player last year too. I just think that um, he just seems way more focused. He just seems uh, happier than he was last year. And I think that's a big mm-hmm. thing to it too. And I think he's His also... His fitness has improved a lot too. He, he's, I feel like he's a little bit more faster yeah. right now. So I, 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 I like think, that. I also think that he's taken like the, the fact that he's... Like he was here last year, and he's a little bit older than the other guys, and he's only still only twenty eight. But um, he's definitely um, taken that kind of role on, and I think he's just leading by example too. So I mean, he's a yeah, he's he's incredible guy, incredible player, and I'm so happy that he had a really good tournament. Um, mm-hmm. He's probably still having nightmares about Marco Bustos, but you know, yeah, I think a lot of people are too. So um, this is the thing: you give Marco Bustos a space, and then you're done. And it's not only his fault, it's, it's just like people have to cover him. And this is the game that I, I was telling you about Kinumi that he should have support more Alex. Nothing on Alex's fault. Yeah. Nothing. So um, my next one then is, uh, I feel like we should have like tuxedos on for this, man. I feel <laughs> underdressed for all these awards. Um, but uh, who would be your overall tournament MVP? Overall, the best of the best. Yeah. Like from... The pies of the pies. Yeah, from all the teams, not just the Wanderers. So, Akeem Garcia, man. I'm a McKean fan, MVP, top scorer. He played as, as a winger last season, now as a nine. Scored for us the first goal ever in the club. Then the second year he was named MVP. He's a true legend for us, Akeem Garcia. And I'm telling you this, man, next season – we got to enjoy him more because probably it's going to be the last season before he gets sold to another team. I, I think so too. I, I think he's there's, – there's a couple of players that – and this isn't to disparage the league. It's, it, it's a really mm-hmm. great sign for the league that we have players that are capable of going to that next level. Um, I definitely think that Rampy's one of them and I definitely think Akeem's one of them. Akeem um, Rampy. Yep. Two trees. Um, and speaking of that, uh, my tournament MVP would be uh, Marco Busto. So I just think – Oh, the tournament! Yes, yeah, he was. Bustos, man. He was just a cut above everybody else, man. He was like, um, yeah, you can just tell that there's a level, and Marco Bustos is at that next level. Um, I, I know he had a couple of games where he's a little bit quieter and stuff like that, but I mean, he tore so many, so many teams apart. Um, he's a fantastic player. He's a great guy. Uh, he works really hard to get to where he is like he's, he's he puts the work in he's had a lot of knocks as most of the players have in this league um, and he's picked himself up and to put in the performances he did in the um, in the tournaments fantastic uh, yeah it was a joy to watch I, I, I enjoyed watching him and I 
definitely think that he's gonna go on to uh, bigger things I think so we better uh, yeah. have him back to the pod before he goes away yeah I, I, I said it to him I, I messaged him I was like hey man like don't don't forget the little guys when you get too big right so, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> no yeah. he's super humble he replies sometimes I DM him he's just super humble yeah oh. thank you and it, it is he's, he, he deserves what he's getting right now is his hard work is paying off and I always, I had a campaign last season, like I say, let's bring Mark, when, when he wasn't even in the map to go into Pacific, I always, and even I, I, I tweeted about it, I remember saying, how much, how many Kickstarters do we need to get Marco <laughs> Bustos to play for the Wonders? Of course, he picked the wrong coast, because yeah. we're the best coast, but... Anyways, yeah, it's up for him. <laughs> people, nobody's perfect, right? So, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like it, the the, the draw of uh, playing with his good friend, like like Pa, was mm-hmm. way too too much for anybody else. And um, I, I definitely he's he's flourished. Um, so yeah. Speaking what, of Pa, just I have a quick question for Pa Maduka. Do you think that he, I feel like he deserved to be in the nominated for the best coach? Because we got Bobby, we got Stephen Hart, and then we got Mista. I don't know if, if it was a favor because Athletic Ottawa was new, but come on, man. Like, Pamaruka should have been there. I, I, I think the reason why Misa was there is because he took a team that was supposed to get hammered by everybody, finish last, and just be there to make up the numbers because they didn't have much of a preseason or recruitment drive or whatever. Like that. And he kind of cobbled together a team. And the fact that he... Like they beat Calvary and stuff like that. Like I, I just think that um, I, I, I honestly like Pa's a great coach, but I think that Misa earned his right to be there. That's that was my. I don't think he deserves to win it. I don't think Stephen. I think Bobby deserves to win it. In in my eyes, I think that he's, to me, um, Bobby deserved to be last season. And I remember I told you and Chris that like I feel like Bobby is very underrated because even when Ford won the first championship forever first. Um, everybody kept talking about Tommy Wilder Jr. All respect for Tommy Wilder Jr. He's one of the best coaches there yeah. too. But nobody we're talking about Bobby. Oh, and I feel like it just, man, he took that he's a champion. Like he's a coach, the one, you know? And it's so hard, like, and especially losing like um, his best player from last year. And just, yeah, and just why he did in the final. Like he, he out-taught Steven and Steven like if you listen to any of the coaches they say that Stephen knows so much about tactics he's an encyclopedia of tactics and Bobby just got everything right in that final um, so I he's, he's my coach uh, of the year same for you yeah same so, for me so yeah so um, the the games are over we have to wait who knows how long we have to wait until the new season my last question before I let you go is if you're a player what would you be doing in these seven months until the league starts? Um, man, you know, seven I'm Latino, man. We, we like to party, man. There's no the players. The Latino players love to party, man. That's a problem. That's the wrong question you asked me right there. If I was a player, first of all, um, I'll try to keep in shape, I guess, you know, because that's, that's a tough. Because there's a thing. You can be fit, but one thing is being fit, body fit, and one thing it's being soccer, football fit, you know? Yeah. You get all that rust. 
if I was me, I will be calling my agent 24 seven to tell me, you need to loan me. You need to loan me. You need to loan me. You know, I want to come back here to play for the wonders or whatever team I'm playing, but I will push in hard for a loan and leave for like half season. Just get me there. Just get me to play. Even if I'm bench, I just want to be training with a team. I want to give a chance to have some minutes, but at least I know that I'm being productive, you know? Yeah, and I, I don't want to imagine for the players that are, are not going to get loaned, like just to be sit there. It really affects the players. Uh, uh, what you said there is exactly correct. There's one thing being like fit, like fit, fit, but like being match fit is a ton more different. different. And I know that like it's seven months, like till the next season kind of thing. So they'll probably come back after five. That's a and long is- time to be off, especially considering they've only and played I'm scared. Like I'm seven scared. games this year and I'm scared because we don't get as much players loaned and we have them fit and then we, we have them back and they're going to train I feel like we're going to have another second wave of injuries like we did on 2019 with the players because that's when you're more you tend to injure yourself more you know this guy like, needs to be playing. And I kudos to Matt Fegan, man, because probably he's right now stressed about with Derek Martin and Stephen Harsey. What are we going to do with these players? Where are we going to let them? Like, they can play for my third yeah. division team. Like, we, would you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we could organize uh we could organize like a couple of uh like five sides if, <laughs> during the week in uh, soccer Nova Scotia. But um, yeah, so... A big shout out, I think, to uh, the, the people behind the scenes of the team, like the physios and uh, the kit people and all that kind of stuff, because uh, people forget that they were also in the bubble and gave up their regular lives to help the players out. So big shout out to those guys. Um, it's been an incredible tournament for everybody involved. I think that the CPL did a great job taking something that was um, probably not going to happen and giving us a tournament that was incredible. It was a, it was a great watch, and the players as well. Like I mean, every player on every team gave a hundred percent, and um, it was it was it was a great product that they put out there. And um, I'm really looking forward to next year. I, I really hope that we see players. I think uh, was a uh, Galan from Valor who's gone back to Spain to to go on loan to a tour division team in Spain. Hopefully, we get to see more players doing that because I, I just think that. A footballer being idle for five months is way too fucking long, to be honest. And USL, so. we can load them to USL, even you know. But, but the, I, I think they've changed the rules in the states that uh, Canadian players are now seen as international players and not um, home players. So I think that's a big thing because they'll have to take up a spot. So yeah, it's it's gonna it's it's gonna be tricky. Um, I, I they knew that this was going to be part of the Canadian league. That there's going to be a, a big off season. I, I just think that they didn't realize it was going to be this big of an offseason. So hopefully everybody stays safe. Um, we're obviously going to keep going here with the Delta Pull podcast, but we'll probably be uh, just having some more great guests on. We're going to move to one show a week every Friday um, so we can get back to having proper lives again. Um, but it, it's, it's been a lot of fun, the Island Games. Carlos, I really want to thank you and Chris and no, all our guests and uh, people who come I on think- to, uh, to talk footy with us. Um, Tomorrow we'll have our meet and greet with the with the players, which should be fun. Um, and until next time, cheers! Cheers! You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. 
Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.